Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a fantastic morning outside, especially if you're a gardener. Hey, y'all, I'm Horticulturist Felder Rushing, and welcome to our garden party. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting Weekly Garden Party. We call it the Gestalt Gardener. Uh, I'm your host, again, Felder Rushing. Our producer is the awesome Java Chapman, and we're going to have fun for the next hour or so. Coming up today is Easter and Passover broadcast. We're going to give you a heads up on what you can be doing in your southern garden. Share a few interesting emails and also uh, some cheesy music selection. We've got a lot of plant swaps and interesting things going on around the state. We're going to talk about those, but mostly it is live here. Uh, We're going to be talking about gardening. Sit back, folks, relax. We're going to take a a little bit of a news break and come back with nothing but just plain old gardening. Plain old gardening from non-profit Old Felder Rushing. We're going to have fun. We'll be right back after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back again. Horticulture's fell to rushing. We're going to be talking about gardening. It is a beautiful day outside. Been out knocking around the yard, wandering around the neighborhood a little bit, and basically just trying to, to see what's going on out there. And it's a lot. It's nice and cool. It's an unusual weekend in that the soil is moist. Uh, it's warm. You can plant stuff. It's not too hot out there, eh, not unless you get out and do too much in the middle of the day. But it's an ideal time to be planting. So that's one of the reasons why this is the traditional planting day for Southerners. Our friends up north in Iowa and Wisconsin and uh, New Hampshire, they have to wait until Memorial Day before they start planting. So we got a good, solid month head start on them. And then we have another month and a half or two months after they've started t- hunkering down this fall uh, to still grow stuff. We grow stuff year-round here. And to prove it, uh, Java saw this. I brought in a big pot full of lettuce. And Mr. Mr. Sharp-Eyed there, Sir Java, you know, as soon as I brought this beautiful pot full of lettuce, and I would say this is a pot of lettuce. Oh, no, that's, it's beautiful, too. We're going we're gonna to put that on the website. It's very, very really? lovely. I've got, uh, I've got green lettuce. I've got uh, tiny, t- tight leaf lettuce. I got loose leaf lettuce. I got red lettuce and bronze lettuce. And as you noticed, I got a big old caterpillar in there. It was just sitting there, just hanging on out. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking, well, you know, I, I'm not a vegan, so, you know, a little meat doesn't hurt anything. But the thing about growing this in pots, job is all I, you know, all you have to do is just sprinkle a pinch of seeds on some dirt, wet it down, and this stuff grows. And it usually... Uh, you can eat lettuce before it really has any serious problems. Anyway, it's a pretty thing. I just thought I'd, I'd bring it in and share. Nice and filling. It's a complete, it's a, a huge salad bowl full of different kind of mixed lettuces growing in a, just a, a shallow pot, a little water, a little fertilizer. Um, and it's easy to do. This is probably the last time of year when you can plant lettuce because it's going to get hot too soon. When lettuce gets hot, it starts to get bitter. So uh, if you wanted to plant a little thing full of lettuce, get, uh, some salad greens, I go ahead and get on that. But anyway, it's time now to start sitting out summer stuff like uh, tomatoes and peppers. And I know it's kind of stupid because a lot of you're already doing this. You've already got stuff out there. Probably have little tomatoes and you've counted them already. Um, but those of you who haven't gotten around to it, you actually have an advantage because the plants set out now will be sturdier and stockier and grow better than those set out a month or so ago when they're in the cold, wet dirt where their their roots are. The tops may look good, but the roots are at a little disadvantage. So this is a great time to do this. Anyway, we're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff. It is a call-in program. It's live. As I mentioned uh, in the intro, I don't sell anything. You know, one of the real advantages, the, to me, the two advantages of uh, being here on MPB and all the public radio stations is, first of all, we um, have a lot of diversity. doesn't matter to us what you do or how you do it or, or why you you do it or or anything like that um if you want to have a lawn that's perfect i can help you if you want to have wildflower meadow instead i can help you because i don't have an agenda um if you want to use certain kind of pesticides we're going to talk about doing it safely uh, or ways around it if possible but the most important thing is 
we don't sell anything. doesn't matter to me uh, whether you want to make it yourself or buy it or whatever. If it's a good thing or not a good thing, we're freed up to say it. Anyway, you want to give us a call, it's toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. Got several emails I want to share with you, but let's start out right off the bat up in Madison, Mississippi. Good morning, Susan. How are you doing? Hey, Felder. Howdy. How are you? I'm fine. You sound awful cheerful this morning. You must have been outside. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've already been working in the yard this morning a little bit. Oh, what's going uh, on? What can I help it, you with? I, I have a, uh, we bought a beautiful place about two years ago, and there is a maple on the property mm-hmm. that is obviously quite old. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it's right behind, you know, right behind our back door going out into the garden, and the people who had it before us put a kind of a raised flower bed around it, uh, but nothing will really grow in it. But anyway, the tree doesn't look very well. Last year, it put out all its little helicopters, and this year, it hasn't really done much. And some of the branches um, are, are dead, you can tell. They're rotted. And yeah. Anyway, I just need to know what to do to take care of it. Should we... Take that flower bed away. I've heard okay. you. It's got Let, those big roots yeah. above Let, Yeah, let's 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 cut to the chase on this. First of all, maples they don't do as well in Madison as they would up in the hills. They like good drainage. They're hilly mountains, and they'll do fine here. But because they're a heavy clay soil, and you probably got a flat yard, um, their roots are going to stay real shallow because they can't breathe down deep. So they're going to end up being shallow rooted, exposed roots. And most of the working roots of the tree are way out beyond the trunk. They're, you know, stretch your arms out and wiggle your fingers, and you get an idea where the working roots are. You're just seeing the shoulders and the upper arms. As long as you build stuff on top of that and don't cut any of those roots, it'll be perfectly fine. Um, keep in mind, maples are kind of weak trees. You're always going to have dead and dying stuff, especially if it's more than 15, 20, 25 years old because they just, you know, that, that's what happens. Even in the woods, they've got dead branches and, and, and you know, and as the taller stuff shades out the lower stuff. So about all you can do really is if something's dead and it's dangerous, going to fall on your car or your patio furniture, you know, cut it off. And, and really that's about about the only maintenance you can do. Do you have, do you fertilize your grass? No, not back there because not much grows, you know. uh, uh, In in that case, you need to fertilize your tree. And the research says at least every three years or so. And you can use a lawn fertilizer, but but real light, because trees, again, in our kind of heavy clay soil, their roots can't forage down deep. They stay shallow. Uh, and because of all our rain, the natural nutrients tend to wash away from the top few inches of the soil. So every every three or four or five years, scatter some uh, some tr- tree and shrub or even a lawn food out under the outspread of the branches. That'll help a lot. Cover the roots that are exposed. It's not a good idea. It's just not a good idea. Those roots are shallow for a reason because they can't breathe down deep. And if you cover them up, you know, two or three inches might not help. But your better bet is to go with some. Start plugging in some mondo grass. You know, it looks like little monkey grass. It spreads. It grows well. You could actually mow it, but it it, it grows quite naturally in with tree roots, and it'll it'll tolerate that shade shade and the and the real shallow roots. So just leave the flower bed like it is. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay. I, I, I without knowing, I don't know how big the main thing. It doesn't hurt as long as it's on top of the ground. Okay, all right, and that's and about it. Just fertilize it with some uh, lawn food it, it, every three or four years. Okay, that's perfect. All righty, I, I knew you would know. Thank it, you, you bet. You appreciate that. All right. Yes, I studied um, back when I was in college. I studied actually. I taught the arboriculture class, which is how they, you know, how do trees and shrubs grow in their roots and fertilizing and pruning. And this is, is technically it's a tree surgery course. I, I did that back in the nineteen, who, uh, late nineteen seventies. As a matter of fact, I was working with the arboriculture. Java, you weren't even around in nineteen seventy. And I was before you said nineteen seventy. I was going to ask you how long ago was that? Yeah, I, I was <laughs> teaching the tree surgery course in nineteen. 19- 79, I guess. So when did you when did you graduate if you were teaching in the 70s? Well, I, I, I was teaching while I was in when I, when I was in graduate school. Oh, I got okay, my, right. my first degree was in graduate school because I'd already worked in garden centers and nursing stuff wherever I went to school. 
And uh, plus, I'd been in the. By the way, let me let me on a personal note. I I was taking a, a brisk walk downtown. Oh. <laughs> you know, you didn't. You, you know, you weren't sure if I walk a lot. Oh, yeah, I was. And when I saw you, Felder, I was like, he, "There he goes." Yeah, I, I had my butt up in the air, and I was juking on down the road. But anyway, you snagged me, and I got to meet your wife, your mother-in-law, and both of your beautiful children. Yeah, we were just enjoying a, a nice dinner at the uh, at the Pig and Pine in yep. Fondren, and we're just you know just having a good time. And I saw you going down the road. Yeah, well now, see now I got it. We need to get little Java over to the house sometime. If we can get him to stop looking at his little his little uh, game it's, thing. You know, it's a tablet new generation. That's all <laughs> they do every day, all day, every day. Well, maybe we can show him a caterpillar sometime. Oh, now yeah, he likes to get dirty now. All right, that's that's good. <laughs> Let's go now to to Madison, uh, back in Madison. Hey, Corrine, good morning. Good morning. I have um, many varieties of tomatoes in containers Mm -hmm. and lots of herbs in containers. I I know you have mentioned before, but I didn't write it down. Which variety of okra does well in containers in Mississippi? And also, can you recommend a medium spicy pepper for a container oh boy those are those are both really good questions and the problem is there's too many for me to remember okay and i can't remember see i've uh, <clears throat> as job alluded to i've got an old early brain and it does i can't remember a lot of stuff i do know there's several really good compact okra so one of my favorite uh, is called burgundy it's just called burgundy and it's really pretty sort of maroon pods in the, the 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 leaves and all it's a pretty plant and it makes a fair amount but there's so many good varieties that are, that are compact i think there's one that's called uh blondie there's one called cage I, I just can't remember but I, two things. First of all, if you'll send me an email, I've got all that stuff at my fingertips at the house. Or since you're in Madison, and I don't recommend stuff, but there's a place down in Jackson that specializes in weird vegetables. It's called Hutto's. And they have maybe eight different kinds of okra. Okay. And, and and the guy named Herbie can tell you which ones are compact. See, it's not just compact, but some okra uh, makes one or two pods per stem. Some make a bunch of pods. Some will produce pods early, some late. Some will produce more pods over the life of the plant. And I just can't remember. I, I studied that, oddly enough, in a place called Ghana. I was in Ghana, uh, West Africa, studying okra varieties for small gardens, and I just can't remember it. Well... Thank you. I will go to Hutto's. And well, that that's the start. Pepper. Now, as, as far as a medium hot, um, most of the hot peppers, the uh, m- the ones called uh, poblano, they're not going to be that hot. They'll be a little spicy, and they can vary from from uh, from uh, from plant to plant. But there's one that's called what is the one that we use for stuffing? It's a long thin pepper. I'm just drawing, drawing a total blank. Either stay tuned and I'll remember it or else uh, shoot me an email because there's one that, that I use for stuffing. I can't remember the name of it, and it's real, real common. But um, uh, some can be pretty spicy and some are mildly spicy, but it varies between. It's just not going to blow your socks off. Can you give me that um, email address again, please? Yes, garden at org. Thank you. All right. I'll tell you what, stay tuned, and I'll see if I can get Herbie on the line. Oh, that'd be great. We'll give that a try. Thanks, Corrine. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Let's scoot down to Fairhope, Alabama. Hey, Lisa, what a beautiful town you live in. Yeah. It's, um, I'm calling you because we have some really large sasanqua bushes, mm-hmm. and um, they, I don't know how tall they are, but they're along our driveway, and we actually drive underneath them. Uh-huh. And our house is about 50, 60 years old, so I'm guessing they're that old. And they have a lot of, when you look at them from the second story, there's like dead branches yeah. on the top. And we lost three of them yeah. last year. Um, so we've tried to water them, um, you know, keep them watered. But I'm wondering if we should cut them back or if there's anything we can do or do they have a life expectancy? And Well, d- d- let's answer them in, in backwards. Uh, th- these plants do have a life expectancy, but it's a lot longer than, than, than you could think of. I mean, there's some very, very old camellias and sasanquas uh, all down along the Gulf Coast. But most of them are going to start having trouble after 15 or 20 years uh, because it stays a little too wet part of the year, a little too dry part of the year. you got to remember, these things are from, from, from Japan and China, uh, from different climate. And when they stay too wet, too dry, back and forth, back and forth, that causes 
accumulative damage to their roots and their trunks. It's not unusual even to get some root damage from time to time. So the bottom line is when it comes to old camellias, whether sasanquas, japonic, or azaleas, or uh, ligustrum, is uh, as they get older, first of all, think about replacing them down the road. You know, plant some new ones, some real small new ones for down the road. And second of all, just simply cut out the bad-looking or dead-looking stuff, uh, you know, and leave whatever's left to be have what we call character. A little bit of fertilizer, I mean just a little bit, spread under the outer spread of the branches because these roots are out from the trunk. And as far as watering them, give them a really good soaking, I'm going to say at least once a month. But if you're watering more than every couple of three weeks on a shrub, that can actually cause problems. Uh, Automatic irrigation doesn't make sense in a town where there are camellias growing around abandoned form, farmhouses. So, well, now we soak them like maybe once a month. Um, yeah, that's, that's fine. Like that's, there's a drought or something. That's fine. That's we just pl- started that last year, so well, I don't know if we can save them. They, well, keep in mind, you know, when, when when we get cut, we heal up. Might make a little scar, but we heal up with new, you know, it, it, the old stuff disappears and new stuff. When plants get damaged, it doesn't go away. It grows new growth around the old stuff. So you could have some internal decay. You could have some dead roots out mm-hmm. there. But again, once it's an old plant, it's like having an old dog that's blind in one eye and dropping its hair everywhere. You just love it while you can. Okay, well, that brings me to another question. They drop these little seed pods. Can yep. we plant those? And will we have a plant? Or are they, I thought they were all grafted. You know, camellias and Sasanqua were grafted onto a, another. A, a lot of them are grafted. A lot of them are, are, are rooted, you know. But to answer your question, if they make viable seed, it's going to be because bees pollinate them, and they're going to carry pollen from different plants to, to around. So the seedlings may not be like the the parent. In other words, they might be a hybrid, just like people. You get two parents, you know, depending on what, you know, what they bring into the equation, you're never going to predict what the kid's going to look like. Yeah, so it's a whole lot better just, just to like- try to root them. That's right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right, Lisa. Thanks for your call. I appreciate that. Okay. Bye-bye. We got time to squeeze the other in before break, Java? Yeah, we'll take Janice because uh, she's been holding for a little while, and then we'll go to break. All right, hot dog. Hey, Janice, good morning. Call her from Gluckstadt. Hey. Howdy. What's up? I, I want to plant some seed, well, or succulents. I planted some. I read your article today, and I planted some over the winter, and one turned to mush. The other two survived. Yeah. So I want to get some more variety in my little uh, bed. Yeah. So. A good place in the area is it Hutto's for succulents, or where can I no, go? No, if 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 I was going to shop, and again, keep it in mind, there are people from Memphis to to Mobile listening to this, right. but in <laughs> in Central Mississippi, one of the best places is actually there in Madison. It's called Garden Works. Okay. I talked to a guy named Mark Patrick. He's a little bald headed guy, and he looks like a little gnome, a little amp looking thing. He is a real gardener. And now the reason I'm saying that, because a lot of the plants that, that the succulents on the market, by the way, they got great ones at Lowe's. Yeah. But it, well, uh, they have gotten these from here's a problem. Only about a third to a fourth of what they sell is winter hardy. Okay. They have a lot of pretty things that that will freeze in the wintertime. So you, you know, we're fairly narrow range of the kind of succulents that'll take not only our summer heat and our winter cold, but also the rain that we have. See, so you're going to be better off sticking with any of the sedums, uh, okay. any of the little agaves. Um, there's one called people call it hen and chicks. Yeah. Okay. Um, so and, and that that particular one will grow up into Michigan. But okay. so anyway, you just got to you got to either know your plant or trust the person you're buying them from. Okay. Well, I'm gonna send you a picture of my uh, doll bed, uh, succulent bed. Okay. Uh, it's a real cute little thing that I made last year. All righty. Okay. Thank and you. and if you'll do that, I'll send you a picture of something I did this week. Okay. I just made a nice little uh, stand. It's uh, like a like a coffee table that's four feet tall that you can put two garbage cans under. And you know, it, so it's it's like a raised up uh, a, a, a tabletop planter, and I've got it full of su- hardy succulents and and companions that that look like that grow like succulents. Love it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All righty. I got stumped on some stuff there, real real quick. That's okay. You know, anybody who knows 
a gardener who knows it all knows an idiot. That's all it boils down to. I'm, I'm sorry, Job. I know a lot of people that know it all, or they make stuff up, but I don't do that. Problem is, I know some stuff I can't remember. And so, the, you know, ignorant means you just don't know. Stupid, can't remember. Anyway, I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. I'm not perfect. I'm not a great gardener, but I've been around. I've seen some stuff. I'll try to help you. And if I can't help you, we'll both learn some stuff. Shoot us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. We're going to be here live right up until the end of the hour. If you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. It stands for Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll take a real quick break and come back with some announcements of events going on right after this. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. All right, welcome back, folks. Horticulture's fellow rushing. I just tried to get Herbie Austin on the line. He, we had him as a, a guest last week. He's a general manager at Hutto's Garden Center. And Hutto's does not sponsor the Gestalt Gardener. I call Herbie because I've known him for 30-something years. I, he's, a, he's, he's trustworthy. But most important, he understands that I call him to represent the garden center's in the state, because he knows all these other folks. He works with them for a long time. And uh, any locally owned garden center, what we call independent garden center, uh, will get a lot of the same products because they have the same suppliers. And uh, so what what they have at one place, they'll probably have the other, or they can get it for you. You go to a big box store like uh, Lowe's or Home Depot or or Walmart, you know, you don't know what they order. And it ain't anybody local who's going to be ordered. And you don't know if the person who's selling stuff there is a real gardener or not. Some good bargains, don't get me wrong. I shop at all these different kind of places. But if you want to know something for sure, get to know the, your local garden center and find out who there you can talk to who knows what they're talking about. Not always the first person you talk to. And as an example, one of the emails I got this past, we actually got three different emails. Uh, somebody wanted to know what they can spray for stickers in their St. Augustine and Centipede, and also what can they use to kill dollar weed. Dollarweed has got round leaves or real slick green leaves. Um, and, I mean, I get three emails about that. And the problem is I don't keep up with all the products on the shelves anymore. You know, I'm retired. I, I don't do that. I can't possibly keep up with it. I don't work with it. So I have to depend on uh, somebody local who knows their products. And come to find out there are several products that are labeled for use to kill stickers, dandelions, dollarweed, things like that that also say you can use it on St. Augustine and Centipede. Now, keep in mind that what will kill a lot of weeds will kill St. Augustine or Centipede because they're, they're just that kind of grass. So you've got to be real careful with not only what kind of weed you're trying to kill, but what kind of grass you've got because you don't want to kill the patient while you're trying to dig out the problem. Uh, and the real problem is with with the dollar wheat, it's a real slick leaf, so weed killers beat up and roll off. And if you up the dose, you're going to kill your grass. See, so if you're going to use weed killers on things like dollar weed, um, Virginia buttonweed, things like that with a slick leaf, you've got to use several light sprays spread over you know a week or two apart to weaken and kill the, the weeds without killing your grass. Think chemotherapy because that's exactly what it is we're trying to use low doses we don't want to kill the patient we want to get rid of the problem so if you up the dose you're likely to damage your lawn and guess what happens when your lawn thins out that's right weeds come right back so anyway um, if you want to know specific products you have to email me because i can't remember them online and i have to look them up real quick let's uh, go to oxford real quick hey mary good morning good morning what's up with your fig tree well, I have a little fig tree that's not growing very well because, well, last year's the deer loved the leaves. Uh-huh. And then this year, the leaves are looking very healthy, but they froze. But they what? Froze. Oh, yeah, yeah. Came froze out too early. Yeah. 
so you think it's going to make it? It could. How big is your fig tree? <laughs> it's not very tall, about two or three feet. Okay. That the, 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 this, as long as they got new growth coming out, that's still fine. You know, we want to. Do, you know, if they got new leaves coming on the tips of the branches, I wouldn't do a single thing. If it was bigger, I'd recommend cutting it back a few inches, which does two things: it helps take some of the immediate stress off the roots, but also stimulates new growth. Pruning actually causes new growth. That's usually better balanced with the roots. What I would do is: uh, do, you, do you have mulch around your fig? I put some around, yeah, okay. I probably need more. Real important. Fig trees are different from other plants. They like a big, wide, mulched area. We're talking about four, five, six feet wide, a circle that big. Now, your tree's too small for that now, but I'd go out at least a foot and a half or two feet away from the trunk all the way around, get rid of any grass, and just pile tree leaves and other mulch there. And then uh, every couple of years, expand it by a foot until you have an area that's uh, six or, or feet or so diameter under the tree. They really like that mulch. Okay, I'll do that. And another thing, I went to the Master Gardener, uh, uh, lecture yesterday and uh-huh. one fig tree, a little fig tree about um, a foot high. Uh huh. How do I plant that? What does it mean? Dig a wide hole, at least three feet across. And Mary, that's going to feel a little bit excessive, but if you'll loosen up the dirt a good three feet across and add just a little bit of stuff, a little bark or compost or just a little bit to you, you know, don't, don't overdo it. When you pull the fig out of the pot, loosen the potting soil on the roots and then plant in the middle a little on the high side with dirt mounted up to it. Okay, and then cover the whole area with leaves. Give it a good soaking every every uh, three or four weeks. So uh, what I do is I dig a hole, wide hole, wide hole, three feet across. How deep? A good shovel deep, because we you know we we want that new plant to get roots out as far as possible, as deep as possible, as fast as possible. So let's start out with one that's a shovel deep, three feet or so across, and again, cover the surface. with. Then you can plant little flowers around the edge of it. You can go them with trouble. Why not plant some flowers around the, the rim of the hole? And then taking care of the flowers is more than enough to take care of the fig, too. Mm-hmm. That'll well, do it. This is another question. Uh, what flowers would you suggest? That oh, there, there's no no end to the number of flowers we can recommend. I personally like a little type of zinnia. This it's a series of zinnias called Profusion. They're real compact. They bloom and bloom and bloom and bloom with no care. And I like a little spiky plant. Some people call it uh, summer snapdragon. It's called Angelonia. Think Angelonia. And the, does deer eat these? What's that? I have a lot of deer. Oh, deer! Deer can eat all this stuff, you know. If you can't take care of the deer, you can forget your garden. Let's just have some fun. I mean, that's you know, this is this is something that all every botanic garden on Earth, even in Siberia, they have reindeer. Okay, deer are a major issue. If you can't keep the deer out, you're not going to be able to have much of a garden. That's plain and simple. If you don't have a fence and you got deer, you know, you just have to you know take up fishing. Yeah, I live right on the major. I, 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 I totally, I totally get it. I totally get it. But the my bottom line is, deer repellents are temporary at best, and nothing. Now in Europe, they'll put three or four stakes around the edge of that hole. And they'll put some chicken wire around it. Doesn't look that great, but if you plant some little plants on the inside, in in other words, they put a little fence around all their fruit trees because that's just what we do. Okay, uh, we got to scoot. Uh, we got. Can we do the music? I got a, a, a kind of a cheery tune. I got up this morning, went outside, stretched a little bit. Me and a doll looked at each other, winked at each other, and said, "We got just the song for today." Let's go ahead and do that, and we're going to come back with more right after this. Blue sky smiling at me. Nothing but blue skies. Do I see? Bluebirds singing a song Nothing but bluebirds all day long Never saw the sun shining so bright Never saw things looking so right Noticing the days hurrying by When you're in love, my, how they fly Blue days All of them gone Nothing but blue skies 
from now on. Welcome back, folks. Hope you're out enjoying the blue skies. Not too hot. Great weekend to get out and start doing some stuff uh, in, in the yard and pots, sprucing stuff up. I noticed people started mowing all their, their yard. Finally, everybody's gotten around and mowing their yard, which is really interesting because something cool just happened to people who either pay attention or go out and look. In your neighborhood, you know there was somebody with a really weedy yard. They had dandelions and onions and garlic and henbit and every kind of weed. It was just a horrible-looking mess. You know, and you try to keep your things nice and neat and edged and weed-free and all like that. Well, if you walk around and look at that yard this weekend, after it's been mowed a time or two, you'll know it looks almost just like yours. So many of our winter weeds disappear when they get mowed or it gets hot. And then we deal, We have summer weeds and we have winter weeds. And the winter weeds really bother a lot of people in late February, March, first part of April. But I call it a winter meadow. And if you'll just raise your mower a notch and just mow your grass, you can have a winter meadow and a summer lawn on the same patch of ground, just two different seasons. Uh, anyway, I'm just throwing that out. I got some calls about stickers. Uh, I got some emails about stickers, and I see stickers everywhere. Stickers are the seeds of a plant that's already dead. So if you've got stickers, too late to spray. The plant's already dead. Those are the seeds. If you have a problem with them now, we need to treat them this next winter. When the sticker plants are small, ferny-looking things, you can spray them in late December, January, early February. While your grass is dormant, it'll kill the sticker plants before they flower, before they make seeds. The other thing, though, if you've got stickers, that's telling me your lawn is real thin. And you need to spend this summer getting your lawn thicker and healthier. You won't have any many stickers to begin with, and then your grass is more likely to withstand the treatment for stickers in the wintertime. Stickers are a symptom that you need to raise your mower a notch. You need to water at least every month or so. You need to fertilize lightly sometime in April. These will thicken your grass up and which in turn will keep her having so many stickers. That's a fact. Uh, A few real quick announcements. First of all, first and foremost, I've got some real sad news, Uh, and it really is sad. Uh, A lot of you remember some years ago for, for three, three and a half or so years, I had the most fabulous guest host on earth. His name was Leon Goldsberry and went by Dr. Dirt. I miss him terribly. Wonderful gardener, fantastic, talented gardener, loved all things plants, the funniest guy. He knew so much stuff. But sadly, uh, Leon, Dr. Dirt passed away this past Sunday night at his home in, in, uh, in Edwards. He was 70. Next week, we're going to do a little bit of a tribute. I'm going to pull out some of his his uh, his saying, I'm going to pull out some stuff from, from past programs and some other things. He and I lectured together in 22 states. We went all over the place together. A lot of time together. I miss the man terribly, but we're going to do a tribute to Leon Dr. Dirt Goldsberry. He 
here on MPB in his memory uh, next next Friday. And uh, I, I know some of y'all are real sad to hear that. I certainly am. Uh, I have some other announcements, but we'll save those for a couple of minutes later. Meanwhile, let's get back to work. We're going to go down to Natchez. Hey, Ted, good morning. Ted, thanks for, hold, thanks for holding, man. I appreciate it. Uh, look, I love your show so much. Thanks. Quick question. I've got a fireplace that my wife and I use tremendously. Red oak. I get the ashes. Uh-huh. Put them in my, all my flower gardens. Yeah. I grill year-round. So the next question is, do charcoal ashes help hurt, or should I use those in flower gardens also? And, you know, you you hung on longer than your question was worth. Because you, cause you're gonna do it anyway. I'm no, it, so, yeah, I got a lot of gardens. <laughs> it does. It doesn't hurt at all to use those things. But now here's a kicker: ashes are highly alkaline, uh, really alkaline, and temporarily they cause a big spike uh, in the acidity of your soil. So, sp- but they, but they're they're water soluble, so they wash away every time you water or it rains. So you can use them, but let's spread them thinly. Let's don't dump them. Okay, that's the that's the fire fireplace ashes. Any of them, ash, ash, ashes, 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 all the same basic carbon stuff. Uh, okay. I would well, not, I, Ted. I would not put them around blueberries, azaleas, or camellias. No, this is I'm strictly a flower garden guy. Yeah, well, uh, it's, it's no problem. The main thing is don't put them in the same place more than once a year and spread them. Uh, don't pile them. Okay, and the other co- just comment is that my son just moved to a different house in Finderin, and we went to move him and help him do some things. And I don't remember the street names, but I drove around the corner, and I looked to my right, and I said, that's Felder Russian's house. There was no address, there was no sign, but I just immediately knew that's where you must live. <laughs> well, now there's, there's some crooked gardens in my neighborhood. Did it have a silver fence made out of metal? Ah, uh, yes. That would be mine, because I got an, a friend who lives a couple of blocks away. He got a little horse in his yard. Well, I told my wife when I drove around the corner, I said, I'll be damned, that's Felder Russian's house, right there around the corner from my son. woo anyway, I was just calling about ashes. I didn't know if there was a difference between no. place ashes and charcoal ashes. No, I, you know, after, after, get, after it gets soft up to about 1,000 degrees, it doesn't matter anymore. Okay. Appreciate right. it. Hey, come by and visit me. Uh Thanks. All right, appreciate it. Thank you. That's Felder Russie's yard. Hey, Thomas from Macomb, how are you doing, sir? I'm pretty good. What's up? Um, got two questions. Okay. First one is the magnolia fuscata. Mm-hmm. The yellow part of it, do you plant that to get it started, or do you need a clipping off of the tree and get it, put it in some water so the roots will come out and then plant it? Oh, you need to root it. I, I don't know if that particular plant will root in water. Some shrubs will, some won't. I don't know if that one will. I would try rooting some in water and some in some potting soil. But you need to, need, you know, the new growth that came out this spring, the past month or so, mm-hmm. you need to let that get a little bit bigger and kind of toughen up a little bit. That's the part that roots, not last year's twigs. Okay. So I'd wait till. You know, late May, June, or even July, try rooting some in water, uh-huh. this year's growth, and put some in some moist potting soil in a kind of a bright place out of the real sun, and make a little tent out of plastic, or maybe cut the bottom off a big two-liter cola bottle, but some kind of little greenhouse to make it real humid in there. Okay, the, but that's doing the cutting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the yellow part, you know, the, they're in the same family as magnolia. By the way, they changed the name from magnolia fuscata to Michelia figo or something like that. But anyway, uh, they don't root as well as as things like uh, uh, gardenias. Um, so anyway, they t- they make a kind of a weird looking seed pod. You have to grow it from seeds, and that takes forever, Thomas. A cutting, you got something right now. Okay. Well, I'm trying to locate some. So I can get one started. Yeah, the gardens, you know, the garden centers can order these plants through their normal suppliers. Okay, okay. Um, the next thing is on a magnolia tree. Mm-hmm. When the flower opens up and you got that cone, can yeah. you take the red, red berry looking thing and plant it? No, uh, you know, after the flower falls off this fall, it'll have this hard looking, like a cone looking thing, and have these red seeds poking out of it. Yeah, red seeds. Yeah. You have to rub those. The way that happens in nature, those seeds won't sprout unless you do two things. You got to make it think it's been eaten and digested by a bird. Oh, 
Oh. You got to get the seed out of that red berry. The flesh inside that berry will actually keep the seed from sprouting. So what you do is in the fall, uh-huh. when those red berries are sticking out, you take them out, you rub them underwater, get the seeds completely clean. Then wow. either plant them outside so they get exposed to the winter, or else put them in a plastic bag with a barely damp piece of towel in the refrigerator to make it think it's laying out in the cool, moist winter. It's oh. called it's called chilling. So clean the seed. Refrigerate in a plastic bag, a little moisture, and then you can plant them. So the the little seed is inside the red berry. Yeah. Okay. All righty. That's what I was wondering. Thank Good. you. I'm up, and I'm glad. I like to hear your show every morning. Appreciate you being part of it, Thomas. Thank you, man. Thank you. Y'all have a happy Easter. Thank you. Okay, we've got some other calls, but first I want to throw out a, a few announcements. There's some interesting things going on uh, right now. First of all, uh, there's going to be um, uh, the coming up in the um, where is this thing? I had something from the. Huh, I can't find it. I printed it out here. Oh, here we, here we go. The Lafayette County Master Gardeners, their, their museum series. They, they do something every week. And this coming Tuesday, excuse me, Thursday, April the 20th, Thursday, April the 20th, at the museum at Ole Miss, they're going to have uh, Dr. Jeff Wilson talking about how to set up a vegetable garden to grow your own food. That's going to be a free program at the museum at Ole Miss at noon on Thursday, April the 20th, put together by the Lafayette County Master Gardeners. Now, I have uh, uh, another real interesting thing in Oxford. That's going to be this Saturday. We're talking about this weekend. You know, we're talking about tomorrow. There's going to be a thing at the Oxford Community Garden Association. I shouldn't say a thing. It's a workshop on permaculture. Now, permaculture is, uh, uh, you know, how to, how to garden on natural patterns and ecology. Permaculture principles is going to uh, include uh, 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 a discussion by Benjamin Coltai. He's an, uh, a good friend of ours. Uh, and there's going to be time to talk about personal Garden, garden projects, everybody's going to help problem solve. So if you're interested in permaculture or just gardening with all sorts of food and fruits and vegetables and composting and rainwater and all that, that's going to be something that's free, but you know they, they would appreciate a donation to the Oxford Community Garden Association. It's going to be there at the, at the garden, uh, Oxford Community Garden. It's going to be Saturday starting at noon. So if you get this on a rebroadcast, still got time to get down there. It's a really, really cool thing. Uh, they're going to have a uh, a potluck. So if you want to bring some food, bring your own dish uh, to share, that'd be great. That'd be great. And then three other things real quick. There's going to be plant sales all over the place next weekend. And we'll talk more about them next week. Metro Master Gardeners around Jackson going to have their plant sale at Monel Gardens. This is Saturday, April the 22nd. I'm going to be there with my truck and all the stuff planted in it. So that's the Metro Master Gardeners at Monel Gardens in Jackson. The Adams County Master Gardeners are going to have a, 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 a plant sale also on April 22nd at the Colin Campus in Natchez. They say all the plants have been locally grown, vegetables and herbs and flowers and house plants and bulbs and succulents. The Lee County Master Gardeners are going to have their plant sale Saturday, April 22nd at the Lee County Extension service. That's on Cliff Boulevard in Tupelo. So there's all sorts of stuff going on. And one last thing, I got to get this one in. Got an email with a picture from a, from a uh, listener. There's a real big event happening in Jackson. And when I say big, it's big. Uh, this lady named Carrie Perkins, she lives on Trinity Street in North Jackson. It's off Bailey Avenue, just north of uh, the old Jackson Mall. Her Big old century plant starting to bloom. Looks like it's got a telephone pole growing out of the middle of it. It is a fabulous thing when a century plant blooms. If you're interested in that, it's uh, right off of Bailey Avenue, a couple of blocks north of the railroad crossing, just north of uh, Jackson Mall. And if you want any more information on all this stuff, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. I'll be glad to, 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 to send you some information by email. If you have an event that's related to gardening that we can help with, shoot us an email. Again, garden at mpbonline.org. Before we take another quick break, let's go to Jackson. Ronald, you've been hanging on forever. Thank you, man. What's (laughs) up? What's up? You know, I'm from up north, and I'm I'm, I'm a garden freak. Well, well, when you say up north, that could be like... Chicago. Okay, because, you know, we could be talking about Memphis. (laughs) Talking about Chicago. Chi-town, what's up? Yeah, I got my, my vegetable garden going, and I've been talking with some people, and somebody's telling me, some of them telling me it's a little too late to plant cabbage. I got some cabbage uh, plants I want to put out. Is that okay to put those things out now? You already got them? I got them. Let's plant them. 
It is a little late, but Jay, you already got them, right? Yeah. <laughs> Here's the deal. It takes two or three months for cabbage to to make a hit. And by then, it's going to be hotter than the hinges of Hades. And yeah, a ca- cab- cr- cabbage grows better in cool weather. Yeah, I'm so accustomed to just planting in the spring in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, you got to wait till Memorial Day for for your summer stuff. But cabbage, you can plant that now. Now, Ronald, you can plant cabbage starting in in uh, late August, first of September, and it'll mature when it gets cooler. And you can oh. plant cabbage as early as late February, first part of March, if you can cover the plants up during the late frost. Yeah, which you know they don't like really cold weather. They don't like really hot weather. So we got to sort of squeeze in our two little short bursts of cool weather. I see. So you want to try to plant them so they mature when it's not freezing or it's not blazing hot. All right. Thanks a lot. Certainly appreciate it, man. Hey, we're you know we're not done with all this stuff. You shoot me an email and we'll have some. So you know, there's some cool, cool, cool stuff uh, that you can plant here that are they're not going to kill you. You know, when I say kill you, up north the winter time is a real downtime. Down here, summertime's our downtime. So we can plant yeah, some stuff. Yeah, yeah, we get we got a garden around our summers instead of around our winters. But there's some cool plants that like hot weather that you're not gonna have to get out there when it's hot yourself. All right, I appreciate that. We'll be shooting you an email. Okay, Ronald. Good luck, man. Thanks a lot. All righty, we need to take a break or okay, we're gonna do that because we got uh, you know, a little stuff. We got some other callers on the line. Looking forward to talking with you. Try to get Herbie on the line to to find out some really good varieties of okra. There are some great compact varieties. There's some long horn varieties. There's some short stubby fat varieties. There's all different kinds of okra and peppers. Uh, you know, two dozen different kind of peppers I've seen on the market here. They're all different, and I just can't keep track of them. So anyway, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. We've taken just really short break. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener. It's a garden party put on every week by Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We're going to be right back with more right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. (laughs) You push that button just as I made a nice little cough, Java. Good timing there, boss. That's okay. No, it was me. It was me. Uh, we, we've got all sorts of stuff going on. It is time to plant the summer garden, folks. But uh, before we go to this, uh, this next call, let me throw out uh, uh, two things real quick. We are seeing a lot of fire blight on ornamental pears, apples, pears, Bradford pears, ornamental pears. It looks like the branches have been burned back uh, all over the trees. This is caused by a bacteria that spread from, bee, from, from flower to flower by bees, and they bring it from the wild pears. There's not anything you can do about it right now. They say prune it out. Well, pruning just spreads it with your clippers. As best you can, just ignore it because there's no cure for it right now. You can prevent it next year by spraying the trees while they're in full bloom. The spray does not hurt bees. puts a protective film over the flowers. You can prevent fire blight for the entire year by spraying while they're in full bloom. Next year. This year, don't cut them out. That just spreads it with your clippers. It's just part of that thing. And the last thing is I I got two emails this week about people wanting to know what they can do with the grass clippings. Uh, Put around shrubs. You can spread them around shrubs, but spread them. Don't pile them. But I would recommend leaving the grass clippings in place. They recycle nutrients and they feed the earthworms that in turn make you decent, deep roots. So leave your grass clippings alone. If you have too many of them, it's because you're not mowing often enough. Raise your more a notch, sharpen your blade, and the clippings are good things. Let's go to Ashland. Hey, Christine, thank you for holding. So, Hey. Howdy. What can I help you with, Christine? Well, we, we went crazy planting daffodils this um, this winter. And loved them. They were gorgeous. Now I'm sick of them. Yeah. Um, 
when can I cut them down? They're starting to droop a little, but there's still plenty of green. Yeah. Uh, as long as they're making green, they're making next year's flower buds. They, do they it, have to be completely brown it, or it, yellow? It, uh, it, I, you know, I don't want to get into the physiology of it, but it takes them five or six weeks to make the next year's flower bud after they finish blooming. So the longer, you can, the longer they're green, that's going to increase next year's flowers. So I'm just saying, some people I cut them down, you know, so it's going to, you know, cut some and don't cut some. And let's see the difference. Okay. Might do that. I'm, oh gosh, they're no longer beautiful. Well, now here's the thing. Plan ahead now, you know, and I had the same thing. I have an area in my yard that is just mulch all year long, except in the winter and spring, it's full of antique daffodils from a great grandmother. And it looks terrible right now. So what I did was I stuck a few little temporary flowers in with it, like pansies and violas and dianthus, to give me something pretty to look at. And when the daffodil's done, I just cut it all down. So next year, just tuck a few flowers in here and there, and the next year, winter flowers, to give you something to look at. Anyway, we're starting to run out of time here. Uh, Where's she gone? A hizzy fit. Okay. It's a mow. Uh, oh, I, I understand, Christine, but that's just part of growing daffodils is ugly foliage. So let's plan here by putting something else with it. So anyway, uh, we're starting to run out of time, so we got to scoot. Uh, we have time to go to Jean. Jean from Gulfport, let me push the right button. Hey, Jean, start, sorry, we're starting to run out of time, but what can I help you with? Hey, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Hey, um, they they sat around my house after they built this. This is two years ago. Uh-huh. And I have some really, really bad patches that just never grew in. Yeah. How can I fix that? You got sunshine? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what kind of grass you want? Um, it's What it is is, is that long rhizome that yeah. you know, shoots out from the, the plant. Yeah, so, I don't so, know what kind of grass it is. So either St. Augustine or centipede. You can't get the, you know, the St. Augustine you can't get from seed. Centipede you can, but you can. what I would do is get some sod, cut it up in pieces about four or five inches square, and plant them. Don't just set them on the ground. Scoop out a little dirt, plant them, step on it, water it, walk on. Okay, and, and that's either uh, Centipede or... Or St. Augustine. It'll be one of those two. And then it, once it starts to run a little bit, give it a little bit of lawn fertilizer. Use the stuff called centipede food, whichever kind of grass, little centipede food. And then at least once a week, squirt some water on that little spot, and it'll start running like crazy. Okay, and the St. Augustine, I can't plant that from seed. That's that's correct. No, no, you okay. cannot. Centipede comes from seed, but it takes forever. Buy you some side, cut a little pieces, and just every couple of feet or so, just stick your plant... Again, scoop out some dirt, stick it in the hole, water it, step on it to mash it in really good. And then at least once a week, give it a good squirt, a little bit of centipede food. And the last thing, Gene, mow your grass high. Set your mower to the high setting and throw the wrench away. That's what it takes to get grass to spread. All righty, folks, out of time. Got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of plant swaps coming up. A whole bunch of events. Love to help promote them, but uh, we can only do so much in an hour. I can do a whole lot more if you send me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. The Gestalt Gardener, uh, folks, by the way, is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My producer is a laid-back but hard-working Java Chapman. Our phone greeter today was the esteemed Jason Klein. I'm your host, Horticulture's fellow Rush, and I'm going to be thinking of all of y'all as I get out and wrap up a few odds and ends this beautiful weekend, set a few things in the ground, maybe some basil, maybe some peppers. Don't know yet. Main thing, this weekend is too precious to let it slide. Go to a garden center, farmer's market, take a kid or two on a field trip, and see if you can find an opportunity to show others what we do best, and that's how to get dirty. See you next week.